G'day guys and girls and welcome back to part two of the Extended Bench podcast. What we want to do right now is jump straight into your messages from Twitter and we'll get into Risk It for the Biscuit a little bit later on. So we've got a question in this week from Peter. He's actually got a two-part question. So I'll break it up into different sections here. Yep. First one is, who would you choose out of Gaff or Trelaw? Ooh. Right. I mean, we talked about Gaff at length, and then we didn't really reference Trelaw too much Trelaw this year. A bit, but yeah. he's been having a he's good year. He's been having a very good year since that poor start. So he did have that start where he just he wasn't laying tackles, he wasn't really going after the ball with the same sort of vigor that he does uh, and he has done in the past. But over the past couple of weeks, uh, Trelaw's gone 130 last week, 96, 113, 100, 147, 122, 135. I mean, that's some amazing consistency. If I'm being completely honest, he scored under 103 times. The lowest of those was an 84, and then the other two were in the 90s. That's, yeah. I mean, if I'm going off of that, he hasn't had the massive ceiling that Gaff has had in some of the games, but I'm much more comfortable with Trelaw in my side. I tend to agree with everything you've just said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you happy with that? Um I mean, I think he's he's definitely yeah. more pricey than Gaff, so I think he's priced at just under eight hundred at the moment. Yeah. If you want Do to quickly you... check that, um, Trelaw, yeah, uh, seven sixty five. Oh, there you go. So he's only thirty k more. Uh, I'm I have absolutely no issue with going Trelaw over Gaff. Like that, that's a no brainer for me at the moment. But yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how widely owned he is because that's the one thing that might make me go Gaff over him because he's a point of difference yeah and I don't have the percentages but Gaff is currently owned by 3,736 coaches Trelaw by 16,800 so there's I mean there's a massive difference in ownership there so there is that might be the thing that swings it for me Trelaw's owned by five times more coaches but he probably is more safe I mean, and he I does play, he plays for Collingwood as well who are ridiculously fantasy friendly so yeah I, I do agree with that. it is it is great to watch your Collingwood players run around every week um yeah I mean the average is only two points different but I just would feel more comfortable with Trelaw this is an interesting question the second part from Peter actually which one out of Devin Smith or Rocky as a forward? If you had to choose one, who would you choose? That is a hard question because I would not choose just one of those. I want both of those guys in my team at the end of the year. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to... Look, Peter, I, I'm not sure what your team structure is. Um, if you want, feel free to give us another tweet when you listen to this and send us through what your forward line looks like now. If this is for the last spot in your forward line and we're choosing one of these two players, far out. Because, I mean, Rocky's just had his bye, which is amazing for the bye rounds. You don't have to worry about another zero on the field. He is cheap as chips. However, Devin Smith is getting the job done this year, and he's been getting it done much more consistently than Rocky, who's only really had three good weeks. Having said that, Rocky, in an interview last week, I think, came back and said, look, I came back and I wasn't fit at the beginning of the year. He did, yeah. And I was disappointed in my own poor form. I've gone away, I've gotten fit, I've come back, and now I feel like contributing. So I would, I'm expecting that Rocky will come good for the rest of the year. Oh, Jesus. Um, all right, here's something that I thought might swing it one way or another. All right, all but right. completely just puts him e- even more on even keel. Yeah. So the last three, the finals, fantasy finals, mm-hmm. their matchups. Um, Devin Smith, round 21, plays St. Kilda. Oh. Rocky plays the Eagles. Tough. Round 22, Devin Smith plays Richmond. Oh, Jesus. Rocky, 
Rocky plays Collingwood. Oh, for God's sakes, that's not making it easier. And round 23, yeah. they play each other. Oh, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> so I think you could genuinely, you won't go wrong with either one. All right. I think for consistency, this comes back almost full circle what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Devin Smith has the runs on the board from the first half of the year, but it's who we think is going to do best for the second half of the year. I'm going to go completely away from this question, actually, Peter, and just say you need to have both of these guys at the end of the year. And to do that, uh, so for your question here, I'm going to assume that you're asking which one of these guys do I get this week? And you go with Rocky this week. week. He's cheap, he's had his buy, it's perfect. If you don't have Devin Smith, which obviously you don't, Mm -hmm. wait until after his buy, get him in after that. He might have had a bad game or two in in the buy rounds, maybe slow down a little bit, he might be a little bit cheaper. I don't think he's going to go up too much more in price. So, Devin Smith is... No, I think some, he would be pretty safe. In he's price. someone to pick after the buy, and Rocky, you get him in this week. So, that, that's how I would answer that question there. Hopefully, it helps you out a little bit, mate. Um, all right, we've got another question in here from Jeffrey Santoso, who's asking or, or letting us know, Hey, lads, who do I trade out for Rocky, Billings or Taranto? Do I forgive the many, many weeks <laughs> of heartache Billing has caused me with his promising second half on the weekend? He just, oh, Jeffrey's saying he's just cracked the top 100 at number 99. Congrats, Jeffrey. Good, Good on you. So he wants to uh, stay with the safe bet. Uh, cheers, guys. Uh, yeah. Billings or Taranto? For me, I, oh, I'm concerned about Taranto's role with Kelly with back. Kelly back. And, I mean, Jeffrey's right. Uh, Billings had something like a... So he finished on 89. He was on 24 at half time. Really? So his that. his second half was close to 60-plus points. Um, it's what we want to see, but he, he's always prone to putting in that 25-point uh, half. I'm going to move Taranto on because he's a second-year player. He will get fatigued at some point. Yeah. So um, even taking away the Josh Kelly factor, he will get fatigued at some point because his body isn't up to the level required to play the full season. Agreed. And by the end of the year, you will... just We'll go back to what we were saying about Peter. By the end of the year, you'll need to have both of these guys gotten rid of in your side. So you can't carry both of these guys all year. Uh, The one to do first is Taranto, because he's going to plummet in price a lot more, whereas Billings has already lost his value. Exactly. Billings is going to pretty much plateau at this point. He can only go up or stay the same from here, whereas Taranto's got a long way to fall. So don't lose that extra money. Billings will lose a little bit more, but not a huge amount. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Taranto's the one to get rid of this week for me. Jeff, hopefully that helps. You're uh, agreeing with that? I love it. All right, we've got another question here from Brody who's asking, is Ben Ainsworth an option in AFL Fantasy now that he's off his buy and he has a role change? Uh, All right, he's got a second part, but let's answer that first. No. No, I don't think so. He's he's had some good scores, but they're good scores from a draft perspective. They are not good enough to back him in in salary cap. Agree, agree. It's uh, he, He has been a very, very good draft player. But, I mean, we mentioned Ed Langdon just before. I like him a lot better than I like uh, Ben Ainsworth because he is that little bit older. Agreed. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of other forwards there who are, are there or about that would be a significantly better choice than Ainsworth. He's, he's, a, he's a great POD idea, but, yeah. you know... He started showing some signs mm. for the first time in a while, but I don't think he is quite there yet. 
Um, do you want me to go through his numbers for you? Yeah, if you don't mind. Because it might just support what we're saying. Yeah. Or not. Um, all right, so his last three games, 90, 70, and 92. Love it. Um, prior to that, though, 47, 40, 35, 53, 44, 60. Going mm-hmm. backwards. Yeah. What's his price? Uh, yeah, ben Ains- mm-hmm. Do you have Ben Ainsworth's price there? Yeah, second and I will. Because that's the only thing that I would consider. If he is a mid-pricer who's going to go up a lot in money, then yes, that might be a, a half-decent option. But if not, if you're just bringing him in based on the thought that he has a role change and he could score very well, I don't think he's going to cons- score consistently well enough to you know validate being in your side. Yeah, I... I- Agree. Um, I can't give you the price. My app has crashed. <laughs> the whole thing literally just collapsed. We're not in the dungeon either this week. We've got a, a vaguely respectable room this week, and somehow your app has still not got reception. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, well, I, I might just look that up myself there, so you can do a bit of padding for a second, mate. No, no, keep padding. I'm almost there now. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, like I said, if he is a mid-pricer, maybe, if he's going to make you some cash. But if he's not, he's not going to score as well as some of those other guys. Ben Ainsworth, 408,000, break-even of 26. All right, he is cheap. Then, he is so that's cheap. why Brody's asking. He's cheap and he's got a low break-even. I would... I'm not bringing in mid-prices at this stage of the season. No, I would rather go even cheaper and bring in Tim Smith. Yes, yeah, love that a lot better. He's going to make you a lot more money, a lot more quickly, and there's not as much, there's just not as much risk with it. You're not outlaying as much cash for, yeah, you know, his role may change back, Ben Ainsworth. Yeah, yeah. So, and and also, I guess the benefit is he's had his buy already. Yeah, that that's so the he other can thing. Play all three weeks, but play through the buy rounds. Yeah. It, it's tough, <laughs> but I like you say, I would prefer Tim Smith out yeah. of those two. Um, all right, second part of his question is, how about Aaron Hall? How likely do you think it is that he'll get back status with him playing there the last two games? Uh, he won't. Two games isn't enough. Two games is definitely not enough. And, I mean, if he played as a pure defender for the next couple of months, uh, he might get it in the third uh, DPP additions. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, two games where he's playing midfield with a little bit of time in the back half isn't enough. Yeah, and they uh, won't give it for that. Not, not a chance. I mean, if they didn't give it to Bontepelli, I mean, I know you're still you're so he's, he's salty on. He's Bont. the one that just comes to mind. I mean, can you think of any others that really, really missed out? No, I mean, dual position changes. I'm pretty sure on Friday night I watched him play predominantly as a full forward. Yeah, but yeah. I just find it amusing how salty yeah. you are on it. <laughs> it's always the only one that's come to mind at the moment. I'm trying to think of some others that missed out or were thereabouts. Um, and yeah, I could have swore there was a def- uh, midfielder that was playing a lot in defence that was a chance to get it and missed out completely. So um, for the moment, Bont is the only one that comes to mind. And for me, Aaron Hall is absolutely not getting back status, there, <laughs> especially, not, this especially not this round. Um, so hopefully that helped there, Brody. Uh, our points are no, don't go out and get those Gold Coast players. <laughs> not those ones. No. Yeah. Um, got a question from Ryan who's asking Is Alex Neil Bullen and Angus Brayshaw the real deal? Uh, and he's got a second part there as well. Yep. Um, Alex Neil Bullen, no. He's a good draft player. He's the real deal don't, for draft. Don't yes. get me wrong. He's a great draft player and he, can, he does have the ability to score well, but he's not a strong enough scorer. Uh, week to week to be a classic player. Correct. Uh, Angus Brayshaw, yes, yes, and yes. He's a ve- he's got 
great pedigree. He's amazing in the DFL, and he's coming yeah. back from injury. He's built yeah. his way up to this. Well, I think at the beginning of the season, the only thing that had people a little bit concerned about him was that injury history with the concussions, yeah. and then the fact that they didn't actually play him for round one. Love it. But he's in the team now. He's playing well. He's looking confident. Um, I think you can back him in. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the other one is, who are you considering for captaincy this week? I haven't given it any thought yet. I tend not to decide until teams come Yeah, out. I wait until team selection. But for me, I'm just sticking with Tom Mitchell for the rest. Yeah, I suspect I'll probably go with Titch. Um, although I've got Ed Kerner, so I may back him in as well yeah. if I'm not comfortable with Titch. Love it. Um, all right, we've got one more question here. And that, oh, Jesus Christ, it's from the dating advice people again. Uh, at AFL dating advice, uh, if you want to get... If, I mean, if you want to give them a message, just just ask them questions. I, I assume I'd love to see them actually having to respond. To having messages. to respond to romantic AFL questions. Um, they're asking. You know, they have eighteen people following them. That's, oh no, they're following eighteen. People. Yeah, no, that, you said that last week, and you got that completely the wrong way. Again. <laughs> um, in any circumstance, is it all right to pursue a player who is already in contract with someone else? What? No. That's right, I even understand that. I, so are they saying, you, it's, is it all right to go after other yeah, people's players? Yes, yes, that's what they're saying. Is it all right to go after in other people's fantasy players? fantasy context? I have no idea. I'm, I'm not even touching this one. No, don't. <laughs> I'm assuming they're talking about within the fantasy context, is it okay to go after other people's players? They're getting yes, a little, that's called a trade. Yeah, they're getting a little bit shady. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're running out I of, think, uh, I think of material. They're, they're getting a little bit shady also in terms of like, the dark relationship side of their <laughs> questions. Because basically it's either they're talking about a player in contract with the uh, the metaphor being, is it okay to cheat with someone that's, <laughs> that's already seeing someone else? No, would no. be my answer. No to that one. No Definitely. to that one. As, as two men in relationships ourselves, we can say no. Mm. <laughs> so uh, that was the last of the questions. And I think we'll move on from there into, of course, our favourite game. Play it every week. Risk it for the biscuit. I'm sure you know the rules by now. But in case you don't, this is the game where every week there might be a, a donut in your team. There might You might be coming up against the top team in your league. You might need something a little bit different, a little bit out there to come off the waiver wire and get you that big score. Yep. We're going to pick a couple of guys who we think could be that scorer. Now, the rules are that they need to be under 50% owned on the Ultimate Footy platform because that's what we use for draft leagues uh, just so that most people will have access to them. Um, the other rule is that we can't have picked them before. Yep. So these need to be fresh choices. And I'm actually a little bit worried about one of mine because I think you may have chosen him earlier in the season. So, But I do not have that reference in my files. So, Well, I do. So I can so tell you. you will be able to tell me and I may have to double down on one of my guys. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go with scores from last week first up. So yep. you went with Lang and Ridley. Bad, bad. Both fails. Both fails. I went with Cunningham, who was a fail. Yep. But Brad Shepard. 83. 83. <laughs> solid point for you. I think that's a one yep, point. Solid point. That was really good. Good pick. And Brad Shepard has been very solid for draft league players out there. So if you're in a really deep draft league, no issue with bringing him in at some stage. Right. So the score is currently 
You're beating nine me nine to six in yeah, my favour. Beating me by three. Oh, I'm let's see if I can increase the lead this week. I'm pretty sure you did this last year, and I picked doubled down on Ben Brown one week. I got you, four points from it. Overtook you, and you scored zero points for the rest of the year, or something like that. Uh, that is exactly what happened. So, uh, I mean, hopefully, I can do that again. All right. right. I believe it's my turn to it start is this. Your week. turn. So, who have you got first up? Um, I am going with a Melbourne forward. Owned by 38% of teams and currently started in 33% of teams. Yep. He scored 86 against Carlton in round 9. 107 versus Adelaide in round 10. And mm. this week he has the Bulldogs. Tim Smith. I see. Yeah, yeah, rookie. We've had bad luck with rookies on this podcast you before. Bad luck with rookies. Well, you've also not picked the rookie, so you can enjoy the curse of the rookie, mate. Yeah, continue. Yeah, so have you... Uh, That's pretty much all I've got going for yeah, him. So um, he's had two good like, scores. He plays the Bulldogs, who are giving up a lot of points. And he's playing for a team which is massacring teams as well. Yeah, so when they get on top, they're just dominating, and their, their fantasy scores are flowing. I like it. And as always, if, if you're in a deep keeper league especially, and you've got an extra spot, you can stream some of these guys, see how they go for a couple of weeks, and who knows, they may even be worthy of a keeper selection at the end of the year. Yes, indeed. All right, my first selection is owned by 33% of the competition. Um, he's, yeah, Gold Coast player. We just talked about him before. Ben Ainsworth is only oh, yeah. owned by 33% of the competition. You'd have to assume a lot of them are keeper leagues because, yeah, apart from the past three weeks, he really hasn't done enough this year to be a redraft selection. Probably not. But after those last three weeks, he's doing very well. He's coming off the bye, so you're not going to have to deal with any zeros in the coming weeks. But for this week in particular... He's got a role change that's just happened. So he's definitely playing a lot more midfield time. And Geelong, who he's facing this week, have been down. They haven't been quite themselves the past few weeks. They got a win last yeah, week. That's true. But they don't seem like, you know, that Geelong which will smash every team they come up against. He's playing at home as well this week. So which does help. And it's their first home game for the season. Exactly. First so, game Carrara. I mean, it's. I just love what Ben Ainsworth is doing this year, and I think he'll comfortably score above 80 this week. So, mm-hmm. so somewhere around about 80 to 85 for me. So, and for a forward, you've got to love that. Fair enough. Yep. Who's your second pick? Um, so, with my second pick, I am going to go with... Oh, you've got more than two picks, don't you? You're deciding at the last minute. Again, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with a back, because I like to balance it out with a forward and a back and give the the listeners some um, some options there. I like it. That's what I'm doing too. I am going to go with... Uh, I've gone one rocky, so I'll go with the established player. Yes, yes. Uh, Mark Bagley. Yeah, Mark Basically Bagley. Back. Nice, nice. 31% iron, 25% started. He scored 72 against Carlton, 98 against Geelong, and 93 against GWS in his last three games. Uh, the only thing is he plays Richmond this week. Richmond don't give up a lot of points. However, it's going to be in their defence a fair bit. That's what I'm counting on. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, Richmond do have a lot of small defenders, so a uh, small forward, so he may have to play lockdown. Interesting. We'll see how it goes. I like it, though. I like that choice. I'll go Bagley. And I say I like that choice because the player that I'm worried we've already selected at some stage this year... Um, in fact, it may have been me that selected it already this year. Tell me who he is and I'll let you know. All right. He's another Essendon back, Connor McKenna. Has he been selected this year? No, I'm pretty sure he's okay. Oh, thank God. Uh, All let right. me just double check. And no, you are good. All right. Good to go. So Connor McKenna is only owned by 41% of the competition. Uh, Essendon are back into good form at the moment. So I think this uh, dream time of the G match is going to be a really good one. 
In fact, we're actually going over as a, a podcast team to watch the game we at are, the MCG, yes. which will be brilliant. Looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, last three weeks, he's gone 81, 70, and 76. So he has hit yeah. some more consistent yeah. form as a defender because he was scoring in the 40s to 50s 60s, yeah. prior to that. Um, and it's really coincided with Essendon hitting form again. Yeah, so, they're actually sharing the ball around and, exactly. and not just being mm-hmm. smashed. And like you said with Bagley, uh, I think the ball will be, will be down there in defence quite a lot. McKenna and Saad will be the two defenders as well, the two mm-hmm. defensive players, who will not be played in hard Lockdown positions. They'll be the rebounders. They yeah. need to be free to rebound. So, mm-hmm. you know, my worry about Bagley for you is that he might be put onto a more hard like, yeah. tagging role. The positive for him, though, is he's better overhead than those other two. That so he might be able to get some of those little guys on the uh, above his. Exactly. With the aerial work. Um, and I think out of the two players as well, Side is the one that's more likely to cop defensive pressure. Than yeah, McKenna. McKenna yeah. So Saad will cop a forward tag before McKenna cops a forward tag. Agreed. So, yeah, I think McKenna's a pretty good choice this week. I've actually picked him up in uh, my our redraft league because I was desperate after losing a couple really? of... Really? Yeah, I mean, Dylan Robinson uh, has gone down for me since the start of the season. I wonder if I have a higher waiver pick than you because not yet you haven't picked him up. No, I have picked up. Oh, uh, last week? Yeah, last week. Oh, He's, okay. He I was going to try and snipe him <laughs> just, just for shits and giggles. As you should do to your uh, your podcast <laughs> teammate for no reason. Just try and ruin his fantasy life. All right. And, uh, and yeah, that's our risk it for the biscuits for the round. So awesome. hopefully some of those picks help you guys out this week. And hopefully we have another massive round of scores ahead of us too. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Can't, I mean, if it's anything like last weekend, you can't really go wrong. Mm. So we'll sign off until next week. And hopefully you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead of you guys. See you later.